Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rancid Taco Movie Review Podcast. I'm Skylar Sanders here with my undead partner, Mason Weir. And we're reviewing... Tonight, we are reviewing Bram Stoker's Dracula, which came out in 1992 and got 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Shibia The blood is the life. Blood. Gary Oldman sure is fun in this one. God, he's awesome. Everything about this movie is pretty awesome, but I'm not sure if it's a great movie either. Mmm. I, I. Yeah. That's a. There's plenty of stuff that's wrong with it. I'll tell you that. Like I got. I got plenty of complaints. Well, I've got some complaints too, but I'm not going to complain about how sexy this movie is. It's easily oh. the sexiest movie we've ever reviewed, right? Oh, hell no. It's just like, that. the girl that plays Lucy is just like, every time she lays down, her tits are out. <laughs> Wait, are you saying hell, <laughs> hell no, it's not the sexiest? No, hell yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. I was about to say, yeah, literally every time she, she moves, her breast just falls out. Yeah, it's like, all right, pull her boobs out for this scene again. Francis Ford Coppola is just like, yeah, yeah, get her boobs out. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to be a, an advocate here and say that one boob falling out of clothes is better than two bare breasts. Oh, yeah, it can be because it feels like you're, you're naughty. You're getting a look at it. You're, you're peeking at it, you know. Yep. But let's not spoil the boob drops that happen in this movie. There's quite a few. Uh, of which there are many. There are many and many sexy moments, and we will touch on all of them. Yes. But first, I want to commemorate something here. I mentioned it to you a little bit ago before we started recording, but we're approaching or maybe we've passed the one year anniversary of one of the most important moments of this podcast. And I know you want me to say it's the Lord of the Rings podcast, but it's really the one year anniversary (laughs) of you finding out that hobbits do throw rocks. Oh God. You can't let this go. Can you just, you're never going to let this die. I mean, are you not happy that it happened? You not, now you know, you know, you learned something. I'm I'm unhappy that you still think that that's a, like a super important part of the film. Like, uh, like I conceded that, yes, in the film, they throw rocks a lot. We go back. We went back in the books and we found maybe two references to this, one of which was in the appendix. Well, another the other one was in The Hobbit, not even The Lord of the Rings. So the fact that you've latched on to this completely uh, <laughs> con- inconsequential fact about hobbits is really the saddest part of it all to me. Well, my question to you was, does it still hurt? And from your answer, I can say that, yes, it still hurts. <laughs> obviously, obviously. But we'll move past that now. Anyone who wants to hear that, that great discovery, check out last year's Lord of the Rings series. But for now, let's talk about the very extensive cast we've got here for dracula oh yes quite the cast uh uh many many well-known people some of which i think do a good job and others of which i think do not yep we've got some old favorites of ours starting with and led by gary oldman Mm -hmm. what do you think is this the best we've seen gary oldman (laughs) so far oh man i i I because it's because it's a, a more leading role and it's like the weight of the the movies on him. I think it counts as a little bit more, but I, I always am gonna like True Romance uh, 
Gary Drexel. Oldman better. Drexel from True Romance. He's that's my favorite Gary Oldman role of all time. But this one's much more a leading role, and he does a oh, superb job. Like even within the first scene of the movie, it's just like just power. Yeah, he takes on four or five different forms. Probably spent days of his life in co- uh, makeup for these mm-hmm. costumes. And then whenever he's the suave Dracula, charming, you know, women on the streets, he pulls that off well, too. He's just Steam, incredible. Steampunk Dracula? Yeah, steampunk John Lennon Dracula. <laughs> yeah. How did those glasses stay on his face? I don't know. He, he did a really good job with the glasses and the top hat. You would think that would constantly just be falling off your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was sexy, though. Well, I read that backstage he had really poor chemistry with his co-lead. And that is the gothic queen herself, Winona Ryder. I've already determined she is the number one gothic female actress of all time. Oh, well, I would vote um, for the girl that played Wednesday in the Addams Family. Uh, What's her name? Katie Holmes. No, it's not Katie Holmes. What's her name? Come on. Uh, Rose McGowan. Christina, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. Uh, I would vote. I would vote Christina Ricci, but uh, Winona Ryder is up there for sure. Well, wait do you hear these movies that she was in, and then tell me, tell me that she's not the queen of goth. Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Black oh, Swan. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was in Black Swan. What's she doing that? She was like the aging swan or the dying swan. Oh yeah, the one who got the job taken from her. She was in the Crucible, which we <laughs> covered last year. And then, oh, yeah. if this doesn't change your mind, the legendary Frankenweenie. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell that is, but yeah. I, I think it's a cartoon dog. It's like a CGI dog that's a zombie or something. Oh, okay. By, by, her, uh, by her merits alone, she earns the spot. Yes. And then this one, she plays Mina Harker. And I'd mentioned she and Gary Oldman did not get along at all on the set. Yeah, I read something to the effect of they they were getting along and then all of a sudden they weren't and then nobody knows what happened but they were they become they became it became really hard to get them to work together. Well, he seems to be taking the role way more seriously than almost everyone else on the screen, so that maybe had something to do with it, maybe a little overbearing. <clears throat> well, it shows though because his performance is out it outshines hers by a mile. Yeah. Hers isn't great, but she she does what she's there to do, which is be sexy and seduced, and she does both of them. Yep. And I say seduced and not seductive because she's getting seduced. She's she's quite the she's quite the uh, virgin character herself for most of the film. She's very you know prim and proper. Yeah, she's she's nice though. I like Winona. I can already tell. I I think I like Winona way more than than you ever ever will agree to. Yeah. And it probably has a lot to do with Johnny Depp. I don't really, I'm not sure I understand it, but you seem to have something against her because Johnny and her broke up. <laughs> uh, that has nothing to do with it at all. <laughs> I don't, I, I just don't think she's a really awesome actress. Like uh, her performance are always like middle of the road at best. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And this, and this, this performance is one of the main ones that sticks out. It's good. It's good enough anyway. Yeah, my favorite is from The Crucible, where she plays, uh, you know, she plays a, a harlot pretty well. Abigail. Abigail, yeah. Well, she does a good job in this one, but one actor who does not do a good job in this one. <laughs> Universally agreed upon. Yep. And welcome to the podcast, 
Keanu Reeves as yeah. Jonathan Harker. It's like it's like his entire accent through the entire movie is just it, wanting to slip into that California surfer guy, but also being a, like the most proper fake English accent I've ever heard. Yeah, it's horrible. One of the reviews I read online reviewing his performance said the they kept waiting for the word dude to slip out of his mouth at the end of every yeah. sentence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Dracula, I'm here to help you with your affairs, dude. <laughs> like dude. you just just can't hold it in. Yeah. But Keanu Reeves, if you don't know him, was fresh off the heels of Bill and Ted and their excellent adventure, which was his breakthrough role. He later starred in a bunch of action movies like The Matrix, John Wick. But I think his best performance I've ever seen him in is The Devil's Advocate. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. Uh, uh, my favorite of his is probably Point Break. But he also plays an undercover cop that's a California surfer. So that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not far off his type, I don't think. But he, he nails it. You know what I mean? I think he's settled in pretty well with the action hero thing later in his career. Yeah, yeah, and I I liked him in The Matrix, too. But he's always kind of been a not-so-spectacular not actor, but in the same sense that um, the guy from SLC Punk, Matthew Lillard, like, we, we like it. I think I like him, but I don't like him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like him, but I don't really like to see him. But he's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not sure Keanu Reeves is good, but he's handsome yeah. enough to, to keep getting roles. He sure He sure was there. And people seem to like him. Yep. And another actor that people seem to like a lot that we've already covered before from Silence of the Lambs is Anthony Hopkins. He plays the famous monster hunter Van Helsing in this movie. Yeah. And he has, I was not sure how I felt about his performance either because he has some really strange moments where he just does some oddball things. But then I sort of, the on second watching, found it to be the eccentricities the eccentricities of his character he's a he's a top-notch actor in my book he's he's in my top 10 maybe even top five i don't know well i'm pretty sure he had a hand in writing at least one page of this script and i'll point it out to you later on <laughs> all right <laughs> but they feed him a scene that i'm like oh come on really no all right we'll get to that later though for now let's move on to a new actress that i've have never seen anything else and that is Sadie Frost and her left breast. Yes, always the left breast out. Yep. And she plays Lucy, the rich friend of Mina in this movie. The only note I wrote down for Sadie Frost is she is or was the wife of Jude Law. Really? Yeah, you know Jude Law? Yeah. Yep, that's his wife. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but uh, that's a sexy couple because she's, she's looking pretty good. Yeah, she is. And then there's there's only a few other cast members I wrote down here. We've got Monica Bellucci. She was in The Passion of the Christ, also in The Matrix. And she mm. was in this movie called Irreversible, which I got to say, never watch that. If you haven't seen it yet, don't watch it. God, it's, it's horrible. That okay. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad movie, but there's a scene in it that's so graphic and disturbing and long that I never want to see it again. It was awful. <laughs> All right. I don't even want to know what what happens then, I guess. All right. Well, I mean, I'll tell you if you really want to know. But I, Okay, I go. Yeah, tell me. It's a horrible rape scene. It's just this long, long, beating oh, yeah. rape scene. Awful. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. But she's in this. I didn't write down her character, 
Uh, I think Dra- uh, Dracula's Bride, one of Dracula's brides. Okay, so she's one. Of I Dracula's like brides. I like how you jump. There's like other notable actors, entertainers here, but I like how you jump straight to Dra- Dracula's Brides because I know that that those were your three favorite girls. <laughs> they were pretty nice, uh, but you know I like Winona the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other two I wrote down weren't any of Dracula's brides. Okay. But I saved them for the end because I can't pronounce either one of their last names. Okay. So first we've got Tom Watts. Wait, Jesus God Christ, man. <laughs> All right, Tom, Tom, Tom Waits. Do you know who Tom Waits is? Yeah, he's the singer. He, he did yeah. the uh, True Detective theme, I think, the Wire theme. He did. No, not the True Detective. That was somebody else. He's, he's a notorious or not notorious, but he's a fam- He's he's one of the greatest singer songwriters of uh, the six, the seventies, eighties generation. What's he sing? Uh, the piano's been drinking. Uh, the whole Rain Dogs album was one of my favorite albums of his. Uh, God's away on business. Uh, you can you you should really listen to his music. He's 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 like an actor singer but he's like a a character like a old-timey carnival character singer old blues man he's really an interesting person and he does a really good job in this film too he does as renfro renfield yeah (laughs) (laughs) he does as renfield which is a this imprisoned insurance agent and, and a madman yeah little known fact about my father he, in our uh, show at the Landmark Studio of the Arts, my dad played Renfield. Uh, yeah, I think you told me that he was picking the bugs off the uh, wall, yeah, yeah. but they were actually yeah, he, just raisins. Yeah, he had raisins planted around on the walls and was picking them off and eating them like Renfield is in the movie. Well, I only knew Tom Waits. I didn't even know how to say his name. It's because I used to have that punk album, Punkarama, and he had a song on there, Big in Japan. And then he sings the worst rendition of the Wire theme song. So those are the two songs I know him from, and I didn't like either of them. So I will uh, give some of his other music a chance. I'll, 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 I'll give it a shot. Dude, shot. it's really like artsy stuff. He's like got a deep, gra- gravelly voice and very poetic. Yeah. yeah listen, listen, I'll send you the Rain Dogs album. Listen to the Rain Dogs album and tell me you don't like it. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. You've, you've got some goodwill with me in your recommendations ever since Streetcar. So I will check oh, okay. it out. At least for music, too. Come on. You can't say I haven't helped influence your musical taste, too. Uh, you've, you've shown me what's not good a lot of times, which is nice no. of you. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, moving on. The last guy I wrote down, and again, I can't say his name, Carrie Elwes. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that one either. Ewells. Elwes. Elwes. Well, he played, okay. he, he starred in The Princess Bride, Robin Hood Men in Tights, saw liar liar all all of these are some of my favorite movies so i really know know this guy's face even though i don't know how to yeah. say his name yeah and uh yeah he most notable from uh the princess bride where he plays a, a cult classic character in that and then this one he's one of lucy's suitors i wrote down his name but not here so i don't remember what it is well he's the main suitor he yeah ends up, he ends up uh getting ready to marry her before she gets all vampire-y undead on Hey, 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 don't spoil. Come on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Nothing happens. There's no suitors, no Don't vampires. worry. There's no vampires in the movie Dracula. Don't worry. Uh, so we can't say there aren't va- vampires, but I will say not only are there vampires, but there are wolfmen, 
poison mists, bats. I mean, oh yeah, everything. He's, they, yeah, he's a master of shape shifting and taking on different forms. Yeah, they hit every box on the gothic checklist in this movie, and that's part of the reason I like it so much. Well, it's based off of uh, Bram Stoker's book, so that's how he was written in the book. Yeah, well, I mean, even the set and the music and the sound, everything, they, they do encompass that spooky feeling that you're trying to get when you watch a Dracula movie. For sure, for sure. And this, this movie kind of sh- goes to show that you can take a horror movie and turn it into a blockbuster hit. Turn it into a romance. And a romance, yeah. I, I'd have loved to have been on the set for a lot of this stuff because <laughs> I'm sure there's just naked women abroad. Oh, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. The blood is the life. Shibiyatsu! Blood for the master. Yeah. I actually don't know what I'm saying. It's supposed to be like, uh, what's, where are they at? Romania? Yeah, I think so. But at one point, like at the beginning, he's like shaking. Shibiyatsu! Yeah, I think you can tell in the first 10 minutes of this movie if you're going to like it or not. And I loved it. When, it. when I watched the first 10 minutes, I said to myself, how have I gone my whole life without watching this movie? Because this is awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. So it's, it starts out in 1462 during the Holy Wars of the Crusades. And we get the backstory of Count Dracula, a.k.a. Vlad the Impaler, and his bride, Elizabeth. So the two of them live in this castle in Transylvania, I guess, right? Or... Yeah, 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 Transylvania. And they're fighting. He fights for the Romanian army uh, in defense of God, essentially. So they're uh, Constantinople has fallen and they're fighting to protect the church, essentially. And they're fighting against the Turks, a Turkish army. Yeah. And so he goes out, he leaves his bride at home. He goes out to lead this battle and they show the battle scene. And it's really awesome how they do it instead of, you know, spending untold amounts of money for this scene. They just do these silhouettes and you can see these silhouettes oh, yeah. in the background. It's really good. And, and it's all in black and red, too. So it's really setting the, the red theme that's going on throughout this whole film. And it just looks like a horrible, bloody sunset the whole time they're fighting. And it looks really cool. The only thing I did point out from this little silhouette scene, though, is one of the dead Turks had eight arrows stuck in one spot in his chest. It's like they used this one guy <laughs> for target practice or something. Yeah, they just kept walking up and shooting him in the same spot. It's like, he's dead, man. Stop shooting the same guy. <laughs> but Dr- Dracula defeats the Turks, and he impales the dead soldiers, which gives him the nickname Vlad the Impaler. He impales mm-hmm. them all on spears. But as they're defeated, someone from the Turks sent a message back to his, cal- uh, back to his castle and told his wife, Elizabeth that he was dead. Yeah. So, be- so because of this, in despair, she killed herself by throwing herself out of the castle into the river. Yeah, why wait and see? I mean, it's not really that big of a deal. It's just suicide. You can't unfall once you fall, but as soon as yeah. she heard the news, she killed herself. Yeah. So Dracula comes home now, and he finds out that she's dead. And we should also note the actress that plays Elizabeth is Winona Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, so there's never any, like, is this person, well, we'll get into it later, but later she also plays Mina, which we already mentioned, but there's never a question of, is she the reincarnated, Dracula's reincarnated wife? 
Did you notice that one of the priests that was in there was also Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool there, too, because he'll show up later on. But now Dracula, seeing his dead wife, he renounces God. He attacks the priests that are there. And then he stabs the stone cross in the middle of his chambers there, which starts pouring blood. And then all, yeah. the, all the holy relics around the room, like the Virgin Mary and all these fountains and stuff, they all start pouring blood. And Well, and he, he says a really important thing. He says, I renounce God. He stabs the, he stabs the uh, cross. And kind of to his surprise, it starts spurting blood. And then he's just like, the blood is the life. And so it shall be mine. And he grabs a goblet and drinks, drinks the blood that's pouring out of the cross. And uh, uh, ends in a big horrific scream of him saying that he'll never die or something. He'll, he'll be he'll return to to haunt them forever or something like that. Oh yeah, and this, like I said, this was the scene that hooked me. I mean, oh, the yeah. blood pouring, his performance there—he's so into it. And also his mm-hmm. outfit—he's wearing like a, it looks like a flesh-colored armored suit. It's really weird. Yeah, it it looks kind of Japanese, almost like a like a. Uh, <clears throat> samurai armor, but but and it just looks like muscles, like human muscles. So it's pretty cool. He's uh, his his name is uh, the Draculs, which is dragon, the order of the dragons. So it's I think it's supposed to look kind of dragonish, but also like human muscle. Well, when I saw it, I kept thinking of the Undertaker's WrestleMania opponent from the early '90s, Giant Silva. He wore this giant oh, yeah. man flesh colored suit. That's what I kept yeah. thinking of for Dracula. Man, man flesh. Yeah. <laughs> but he screams, renounces God, and that kicks off the movie. Dracula is born now. Well, yeah. the Dracula as we know him. Yes. So now we'll fast forward a bit to the late 1800s. And we get an introduction to Mr. Renfield, who we mentioned in the cast, played by Tom Waits. He's eating bugs, and he's praising his master. We, we don't know what this all means yet, so they're setting up a mysterious intrigue for this character, Renfield. Yeah, but we're in, a, we're in an insane asylum, so he's obviously uh, gone, he's, he's gone a little nuts. But you know what's insane, and I keep going over, I don't know if we should mention this now, but the cages the guards wear on their heads? Yeah, what's up with that? I have no clue. I was I, trying to figure it out. I was like, why? I think it's to keep you from getting bit by the uh, inmates, maybe. Bit or hit, but wouldn't it make sense to just put those on the inmates? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was thinking. Why wouldn't you just put them in the cages? I don't know. That was a strange one. There's nothing like uh, medieval time prisons, though. They're just the worst. The guys hanging from the shackles and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty gruesome. And, and uh, mental institutions at that time were, so. Yeah, it almost seems like torture. But we find out in the next scene what Renfield was supposed to be doing as Keanu Reeves' character, Jonathan, is being assigned Renfield's old duties. And that includes managing this client they have named Dracula in Transylvania. So I guess these these guys are like a real estate company and they're selling houses. Is that what they're Uh, doing? I think that they that Mina mentions later that he's a law clerk, so he's so he works for like a, a law firm, I think, and yeah, they're they're trying to figure out something with the estate and either sell it or or procure it for Dracula, and so he gets tasked with picking up Renfield's job work because Renfield's failed, and he tells him he asks him 
if you don't mind me asking, sir, what happened to Renfield? In, a, in an accent that's just absolutely worthy of a high school play. And then he says, oh, nothing. Uh, he, he got tired. Something, something along those lines. So anyway, Jonathan Harker accepts this job to take up Renfield's old duties. He says goodbye to his fiance Mina, who is one owner rider. And then he heads for Transylvania. When he gets there, he gets dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And, <laughs> and he's immediately surrounded by creepy animals like wolves and bats just start howling. I mean, yeah. they just leave him out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, pay the other, you know, the rest of the fare and get all the way to the castle, dude. Yeah, or just like, hey, do you guys mind waiting around till the other guy shows up? <laughs> and nope, the, he gets out of the cart and he looks back and one woman gives him a cross to wear. And then the other woman just slams the door in his face and they, t- they take off. Well, he's not stuck out there for too long because this really creepy looking carriage rides up. And did you notice? Yeah. Guy- okay, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm not just imagining this. This carriage rides up. He says, oh, thanks for the ride. The arm of this carriage just does this stretch Armstrong thing and stretches like eight feet, grabs him by the shoulder, and then levitates him back into the carriage. Yeah, yeah, that was like, I would have been, okay, if I'm Jonathan, (laughs) if I'm Jonathan right here, it's an immediate red flag, I think, you know? Uh, I just, first of all, I was just surrounded by wolves left out in the dark. The place gave me a real creepy feel. Now... This weird metallic bird-like uh, looking armored chariot driver comes up, puts his, he doesn't, it's not even like he grabs him. He just puts his hand on his shoulder and he levitates him up <laughs> into the cabin. And I'm thinking in my head, how did he not just completely be like, okay, I'm out. Never mind. Yeah, not only is the acting performance bad, but the character is the dumbest person. He never figures out how, how bad of danger he's in until it's way too late. Oh, yeah, and he has – before he even gets to Transylvania, he's got plenty of chances to look around and be like, something is definitely not right and I shouldn't be here. So I don't know what they were really going for with the Stretch Armstrong thing, but it made me chuckle, and I enjoyed it, even though it was a little weird. I just really liked that. Yeah, it was strange, but sort of, oh, okay, set the tone, supernatural. Yep, so that's his cabbie, and they drive to Dracula's castle, they pass through this magical blue flame to another, get into the castle. Another red flag, but okay. Uh, did they ever explain what the blue flame is? No, no. But it does happen again later, but they don't explain it ever. All right. I never, never learned what it was either, but it's there, and he just drives right through it. He does mention it later. He's like, there were wolves outside and a blue flame and out a, there. And a bloody blue inferno. <laughs> So it's here when he gets to the castle that we get an introduction now to the heart-shaped Count Dracula. This is Gary Oldman again with his hairstyle. His head looks literally like a heart. It's got one bun and then the other bun and it comes down. He looks like a heart. I I was thinking it looked like a butt, but yeah. Well, I guess a heart and a butt are the same if you just turn it upside down. (laughs) Just squeeze the heart together a little bit there. Well, you mentioned in an old podcast that one of the versions of Dracula used to scare you when you were little. Is this the one? Yeah, this one. This one's the scariest looking version, I believe. In my eyes, uh, it's the most frightening just because he's so he he looks human, but not human at the same time. He's got completely white skin. His hair is done up in that weird bun. He's all wrinkly. His eyes are like a 
hazy blue. His fingernails are long. His fingers are extra long. He's got hairy hands. Like uh, it's just the creepiest looking person you'd ever see. And again, Jonathan Harker has no business talking or talking to this person and thinking it's a normal human being. Yeah, but he still does. But he does. So Dracula invites him in, and they go to great lengths to show his feet, uh, Jonathan Jonathan's feet crossing the threshold, which mm-hmm. I think is they're paying some kind of homage to the the lore that a vampire has to invite you in or you have to invite them in to become their victim, <clears throat> something like that. I always thought that you it was you had to invite a vampire in, but maybe it's both. I don't know. I actually thought that too, so it was a little bit backward, but they don't touch on it again. That's that's it. They just showed his feet crossing. Yeah. But they one place where this film does shine is in the subtle details of of Dracula himself. So if you watch his shadow, it's always oh, changing yeah. and doing things. His feet never move. He he glides everywhere he goes. Well, he, and his his shadow never matches what he's doing. It's, it's like his shadow's doing an impersonation of him, and it, but it's slightly off the whole time. Yeah, I love that detail, and you might not see it the first time. Well, I mean, you'll see it at, at times, but if you focus yeah. on his shadow and his reflection and things like that, really cool, I thought. Yeah, I, I like that too. Sometimes it's it's super obvious where the shadow is just doing whatever it wants to do, and then but other times it's really subtle where he's like making a move and the shadow is just a second or two behind him and a little bit different of a move. So the shadow obviously is not his shadow. It's its own entity. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think. And he's, he's putting out total creep vibes the entire time he's talking with Jonathan here. He eventually pulls out a sword, aims it at Jonathan and then cuts his own hand within minutes of meeting the guy. (laughs) What the hell? No laughing matter. I like the way he says that. Like it's a real, like a vacuum, like like a Dracula thing. But but he he uses it in his voice the way he says it to him. It's not too it's not too upfront, but it's you know giving you uh, it's it's good voice work from the actor. Oh, definitely. And and John says, "Oh, I've offended you. I'm sorry, sir." Which is like the guy just cut his own hand. He's levitating. He's total creep but yeah john still doesn't doesn't get it and his job is to sell him a row of houses in london he's selling dracula these houses we don't really know why dracula wants to buy a block of houses in london but that's not the important thing the important thing is that john sells them to him dracula says that he will buy the houses but he demands that jonathan stay as his guest for a month yeah and he demands that he writes letters to all his family and loved ones yeah, saying that he would be gone a month. Yeah, and then he's like, do you wish me to stay for so long? And he's like, I insist, or I will take no less of an... Of a... But it, I didn't realize what was going on. I'm like, what's he doing this for? And then I realized, oh, it's so people aren't asking questions about him not being back. Yep, that's the reddest of red flags. I mean, the guy says, just tell your family they won't see you for a month. No big yeah. deal. And you'll be okay and that you're okay and that you're staying at my house and nothing's wrong. I'm not floating around. I don't have a shadow that does what it wants. I didn't cut my own hand. Well, that's the way Jonathan looks at it, and he agrees. He says, yeah, I'll stay with you, and I'll write the letters. So now we'll get an introduction to Lucy, and that is Mina's rich, slutty friend. 
And I don't feel bad calling her slutty because here in this opening scene, she talks about having sex the night before and she's got this like Karma Sutra book and she's pretty open about it. She's a sexual being. Oh, yeah. The Kama Sutra book's really graphic, too, which is nice. Uh, but then she she immediately has three suitors show up when they're is this is that part, right? Yeah, we meet our three suitors, Quincy, yeah. Jack, the doctor and Arthur, who was the uh, the only yeah. one we mentioned in the cast. And Quincy shows up and he's and he's like this the most stereotypical Texan ever. And it's just kind of like, oh, he's a Texan. And me and my friend were watching this and we're like, was Texas even around at this point? Like, I don't even know. But I, then we were like, yeah, well, at least the Texas territory maybe was around. So anyway, he's like, you know, homeless Lucy. And like everyone's accent is just, I think, the worst. In, in, the, in this pile of characters, it's just like, oh, Miss Lucy, you sure kissed me and I made me happy and I do appreciate that. And she goes, Quincy. Can I touch it? It's so big. And it's like obvious sexual. Uh, she's, you know, uh, connotating to something sexual. And then she grabs his knife and pulls it out. And it's just like, oh, my God, shoot me now. Yeah. Quincy, I think, was supposed to be the tough guy of the three suitors. And then the other guy, the Jack, the doctor, he's also Renfield's doctor. I guess he's he, like the intellectual guy. And then Arthur is yeah. the everyman that, that en- ends up winning out. Well, I think Arthur's like the rich uh, lord. Uh, doctor Jack is, is obviously the intellectual doctor. And then, yeah, Quincy's the tough Wild West guy. But they're all caricatures of the people they play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. They, they were a little over the top, which was fine because, I don't know, I felt like this movie, it wasn't really about the acting performances of these guys or no. even any character besides Dracula. It, it just felt unimportant. Well, it was just interesting to me, like, like why did they, why they chose to do that? I, I guess, you know, you read the novel, and maybe that's actually how they are in the novel, or whatever. They're they're actually like that, but they form an interesting little posse. Yeah, they are, and they're friendly with each other. They're not really competitive rivals for even, for even though, life. yeah, even though they are all trying to bag Lucy at this point. But back at the asylum, Renfield meets with the, Jack the Doctor. And he tells Jack that he needs lives for the master. And then he attacks the doctor. I love the part where he's like, what about a cat? Oh, yes. A big fat one. (laughs) And he's like, you wouldn't deny me that. It is the key to my salvation. Yeah, he wants the cat so he can eat the bugs or so the cat can get fat on bugs and then he can eat the cat. I think he actually just wants to eat the cat He's like, I must secure lives for the master. I mean, (laughs) yeah, he's eating live creatures because he thinks he's retaining their essence of life somehow, which, you know, being that we know the lore of Dracula, that's what they're saying is he needs blood. You know, you've got to suck the blood. He's becoming a vampire, basically. Yeah. So that's what's going on with Renfield. Now back at Dracula's castle, Jonathan is there. He's shaving. Dracula surprises Jonathan and he does a ton more vampire shit. There's like stuff with the mirrors and he's like, you know, trans transporting himself across the room. And <laughs> after doing this kind of stuff, he warns Jonathan not to enter other rooms in the building and just to stay in his own chambers. And so Jonathan does. And as he's looking out the window, 
he sees Dracula crawling away like a lizard. Yeah, up the wall or down the wall. And that's something that's kind of recurring throughout this is the, the idea of no gravity sort of in this in this castle and for certain moments. Like he's upside down, scaling down the wall like a lizard. At one point, Jonathan's like crawling around the side and falls sideways. Uh, like, But like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense like like with physics the way you would think in physics but yeah there's there's some weird stuff going on and and looking out the window seeing that you know how do you not why do you even stick around to explore the castle run dude run well i think he was running there i think the lizard thing which i gotta say the lizard scene was awesome seeing him like that and look over his shoulder and like this lizard form i don't know i just love that and the way he was moving I think it's really cool, but it's a little too obvious of Dracula. <laughs> if you're trying to hide it at all, which I, I think at that point, he's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, he's going he to find out I'm uh, undead anyway, so why not show him the goods? I think this is the moment that Jonathan finally realizes he's in trouble. Because I don't think he goes exploring. I think he's trying to escape. As he, uh, he leaves his chambers against what Dracula said, and he's looking for an exit, is the way I interpreted it. And instead, he stumbles into the succubus room. The Dracula's Bride's Boudoir. Oh, and this is sexy time. Oh, yeah. This, this thing gets me fully the, the blood. The, the blood is the life. It gets oh, my yeah. blood flowing. The blood is the life for this one. So he, yeah. he lays down in this sexy bed and this succubus or, you know, demon monster, whatever you want to call her. She's a sexy woman is what she is vampire woman she summons him over to the bed he goes over she starts kissing him another woman comes up from out of the bed like inside the bed and so now he's having a threesome with two women and they're Mm. biting him but kissing him at the same time including his dick right they did bite his dick, right Uh, i mean we don't see that but we see her going down in that direction and he does some like moaning that would make you think it's a cross between a bj and a bite and then but then and like she she's but they're biting his nipple and blood squirting out of his nipple and it's just like it's this cross between sex and violence that's just it works they show you this this top-down view of just all these naked bodies writhing around and but then we see it from overhead in the mirror and we always see is him roll writhing around by himself no they're not like in the mirror that you they have no reflection so it's kind of neat Yep. And just when you think he's about to come, (laughs) (laughs) Dracula shows up for the cock block. He yells at the three. I'm going to keep calling them succubi because there's multiple of them now. And Mm -hmm. so he yells at them. He says, don't do that. This one's for me. And they say, well, what are we going to eat now? And before I say what they eat, I want to ask you if you saw this. So there were two women there, right? And then when Dracula shows up and scares them, one of them gets up and scampers away, and there is a second woman attached to her groin. So there's yeah. actually three women, and one of them is a Siamese twin or something. Yeah, yeah. So there, by the end of it, there's three women, but we don't. We only see like the heads and stuff like that. But when like the one woman jumps immediately and sticks to the wall up top, and the other woman stands up but there's a woman attached between her legs like coming out of her uh bottom half and yeah it's and then it leads us to realize oh okay maybe it wasn't as sexy as we thought well does that 
Oh, because I was going to ask you if you still were into that, and I guess that's your, <laughs> that's your answer. Uh, maybe the one on the wall, but not so much the uh, Carney one anymore. Does it count as a foursome now? Yeah. So yeah, it's a Siamese twins. So that's two. That's a twins. That a twins, and then a third. And then so if you sleep with the Siamese twin, you're having a threesome, even though it's one body. Yes, unless you make one of them avert their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the the foursome is averted as well by Dracula. And I guess these women had plans to eat Jonathan. And now they're upset that they can't. So Dracula feeds them a newborn baby. Yeah, fresh. Fresh Fresh (laughs) baby. Oh, God. Yeah, that's when Jonathan really freaks out. He starts screaming. And and Dracula's just loving it. He's just staring at him laughing, going, Oh, ha, ha, ha. Oh, ha, ha, ha. He's getting a real kick out of watching uh, watching Jonathan squirm as he sees this baby being eaten by these vampire ladies. Oh, yeah. And he gives the worst scream. He says, no! It's really bad when he's, they're killing the baby and he just screams horribly. Yeah, it just doesn't match. Nothing he does works in this entire film and it's sad. <laughs> no, just the sex. He did good in the yeah. sex scenes, I guess. Yeah, he got seduced all right. And then my notes say that later on he discovers that Dracula is secretly shipping dirt to London. Yeah, well, he, they're, they're filling up boxes. He's mentioning that the, his workers who do anything for him or whatever he says, they're under his command or spell, are filling up boxes of crude dirt from his castle. Yeah. It, is, it is important to the storyline, so we have to note that. All right. But yeah, the, the big takeaway from this is, man, that's... Uh... It's a steamy movie, and this is the one of the steamiest scenes there. Oh, man. I know where they could have found the most blood in my body at that point. <laughs> hey, let me get your Dracula impression, Oof Maron, one time. Oof Maron. <laughs> pretty good. Not pretty, bad, though, right? pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So now back in London, Lucy announces to Mina that she has chosen a suitor and she is going to get married to Arthur. Arthur, win, Arthur wins the wins the raffle of the slutty Lucy. <laughs> yes, slutty Lucy. Though I'd say she's pretty good score. She's rich and pretty hot, right? Yeah, yeah. She's just like, you know, making out with three different guys at, uh, at random moments of the night. Yeah, well, I mean you gotta you gotta earn your keep with her and and arthur did it yeah i guess that's true but in the midst of this announcement a huge storm starts and we find out later on that dracula seemingly is able to control the weather yeah and it's dracula here that's controlling this weather and we get a little montage now dracula himself has hitched a ride on this ship to cross the ocean and come to london and he's killed the entire crew. He does this as a wolf. And during this montage, it's raining. And the two girls decide to go out into their garden and just start making out. Yeah. I don't know what was going on there, but I liked it. But Why, but why would they make out? Uh, maybe it was his like sexy, dark influence. I don't know. Maybe they were just friends, young friends experimenting. I don't know. It was hot, man. They never alluded to this kind of lesbian yeah. relationship it was just a one-time hot fling in the rain 
No, they immediately start giggling when the rain hits, and they're like, oh, it's rain, it's funny, I don't know, and then they start running through there, and they're all soaking wet, and all of a sudden, they just start making out, and sure, why not? I'll, I'll buy it. Yep. So while they're making out in the rain, Dracula, in the form of a wolf, kills the crew of the ship. I've never well, read the book. Well, so is he- he's, he's sleeping in his dirt, so like in his dirt, he's like sleeping and, and getting power. We see him transforming a little bit. So instead of being that old version of him that we saw, he's starting to like, he's got a sheik and like a gel over him or something. And it's like, he's starting to transform into a werewolfy looking thing. Well, I've never heard of any other version of a Dracula turning into a wolf. So I kind of like that. Yeah. I've heard it. I've heard of that though. I've heard that, Dra- that uh, Dracula's going to shapeshift into wolves, bats, uh, other creatures, I guess. It's almost like mixing two genres. You're getting the Wolfman and the Vampire genre at the same time. Yeah, a little bit. Pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. So the wolf goes to the garden of the girls. Mina, I guess, had gone back inside. She goes out to look for Lucy, and she's running down the steps and uh, not wearing a bra as she runs down the steps. <laughs> Definitely not. Just going to point that out. And when yeah. she finds Lucy, she's laying on this pillar receiving oral sex from a wolf right was that oral that was happening well he he was like uh he was down around that area but he like he he'd had her in a few like he had her all arched back up and i thought he was fully inserted into her at that point and yeah he's like making out with her stomach and like you know maybe going down to to sexy town down there so yeah that's why i was asking was he going down or going up you know what was going what was he doing Ah, uh, you got you got me, but it's he's close. Like it's a close in between. You don't know. You don't know, and I paused it. But it's 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 safe to say she is getting ravaged by the beast. Oh yeah, she seems to be really enjoying herself. Her breasts are out. She's laying there Nat- moaning. Naturally, she has one boob hanging out. Yep. The wolf is. Uh, if he's not inserted now, he's ready to insert. But Mina walks up and catches him in the act, and then he wisely asks her don't see me and she yeah. doesn't so now she doesn't see the wolf at all she just sees lucy laying there moaning yeah he's got you know those magical powers so obviously he just controls her mind because he can control people's minds and things at time too that's another power like he has over uh renfield say and so he just says don't see me and she doesn't all of a sudden it looks like mina's up there by herself just writhing around naked. Yep. So he can shapeshift into many different things, including different monsters. He can control the weather and he can change people's thoughts and alter their thoughts. Dracula has got a pretty sweet thing going on right now. It's, I'm it's, it's hard to imagine him losing to anyone. You know? Yep. I'm not even he, sure he's he, a villain. He seems like a pretty formidable foe. He is a pretty awesome dude, I'll say. Yeah. But Lucy wakes up from this wolf sex and she tells Mina that she feels like her soul has left her body. So she's seemingly infected with something that Dracula has done to her. Yeah. And she says, I can still taste his blood in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Blood. With <laughs> blood. The blood. blood. Is, the blood is the life. So now the, I don't know if it's the next day, but in the next scene, Mina is walking around the bustling streets of London when 
we see Dracula now in a different form, and you mentioned it as the steampunk, and I said John Lennon form. So yeah. he kind of looks like Sherlock Holmes. He's got the, a, a good look there. Yeah, he's got this long, flowing, curly black hair. He's got a top hat, the round glasses, but the glasses don't have any rims to the ears, so they're just perched upon his nose perfectly, and he looks like a real dapper gentleman. And he asks Mina to see him. So in the last scene, he asked her not to see him, and in this scene, he says, see me. And she does. She sees him, takes note of him. He goes over to him, and it's kind of a prolonged charming thing he's trying to charm her and win her over and at first she's a bit cold and standoffish but eventually she does give in to his charm and the two of them go to the movies and i guess this is the invention of the what, what do they call it uh oh yeah I, I can't remember the cinemagraph or something like that yeah yeah cinemagraph or something like that it's, it's just it's the first ever movie essentially a movie picture yeah, they they go to this theater and they're watching this silent film of like someone planting a garden or something. I don't know. But there's like there's naked people in it too, so it's good to know that the first thing that humans thought to do whenever they make invented a movie was create porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What it was pornographic. One of the very first films ever made. Mm-hmm. But here in the theater, he's trying to seduce her, but then he kind of corners her in this like side closet room and he almost bites her. And as we know, if Dracula bites someone, then they too turn into a vampire. But he becomes distracted by a, a loose wolf who's randomly got into the theater. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's an everyday occurrence in the streets of London, that a wolf just charges into the, the movie theaters. We do hear or see a newspaper clipping, I think, where it says wolf loose in London or something like that. And, I, you know, I, I think that we, it was alluding to him being the wolf, but then this actual wolf shows up in there. Oh, yeah, I thought the clipping was talking about him killing the crew of that ship as a wolf, but you may be right, too. Yeah. But Dracula uses this opportunity to charm the wolf because one of his many abilities is he's able to uh, silently whisper to animals and control them, too. So he, he charms the wolf, therefore saving Lucy and somewhat ingratiating her to him yeah but, she, he's like come here and pet him. he likes you oh, and she's petting him and he's petting the wolf and half of petting her hand and all that is yeah so he's he's earning some style points with with mina who he sees as the reincarnation of his once dead wife elizabeta and we already learned you know, as the audience, that she is the reincarnated well, Elizabeth, right? She's a spitting image, yeah. So we we can assume yes. Well, meanwhile, the suitors for Lucy, they see that she is not doing well from the bite she got from the wolf. She's uh, seemingly possessed, or she's not herself. She's laying there. She's moaning constantly every night. It's like a sexual moan, but they're interpreting it as she's sick. And it's beyond even the doctor, Jack's comprehension. So they summon the famous doctor, Van Helsing. Yeah, she, and she sort of looks uh, uh, cross between sick and horny. So it's like she goes back and forth between, oh, oh, no, oh, 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 no, Jack, come kiss me, kiss me, Jack. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, are you sick or what, what's going on here? And then he does it like she's already betrothed to Lord Arthur Holmwell. And she goes, kiss me, Jack. And he's just like, 
All right, sure. And he leans right in and kisses her. So now we get a proper introduction to Dr. Van Helsing, who's giving a lecture at a, like a college about vampire bats, which is a little nod to the Dracula theme. But he receives a telegraph stating that he's needed to tend to Lucy. He leaves at once. But when he arrives, Dracula has already showed up. And he is already plowed. <laughs> Straight through, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, so I my notes here aren't very comprehensive, but Dracula showed up between the time of him getting the telegraph and him getting there. Dracula has been hunting, trying to get back into Lucy again and complete the transformation. Hey, sucking her, sucking her neck, you know, biting her, biting her neck, uh, feeding her blood, giving... I think part of it is you have to drink blood of, of the vampire too, to become uh, a undead. So I think, yeah, he's, but he's completing the, he's completing the process. And he does successfully get, get in there and, and turn her. So whenever Van Helsing shows up, he realizes you idiots, she's a vampire. She's been bitten by a vampire and she's going to yeah. need an immediate blood transfusion. Yeah, he doesn't know immediately that it's a vampire, but he knows immediately that there's something stealing her blood. And but yeah, he's like he he gets in there. He's like, yeah, we're gonna have to give her a transfusion. This gr- a transfusion. This girl needs blood. And and the boyfriend sits down. And is like, all right, I'll give her every last drop. And he's like, oh, okay, then you're very welcome here. <laughs> so they're doing a, a early form of trans blood transfusion, which is like huge fucking needles <laughs> i'm like they're all they all wince in a huge pain as they put the needle in and then you see the needle it's like a 10 gauge needle it looks huge you know <laughs> very very anxiety building scene actually yeah i was torn between scared and hard yeah scared and hard that's that's the whole movie really <laughs> scared hard yep. dracula scared hard <laughs> well it's like scared straight except scared <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Nice. Bram Bram Stroker's Dracula Scared Hard. Scared Hard, the parody. Well, there is a parody of this called Dracula Dead and Loving. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, yeah, it's a Mel Brooks film. It's really, really funny. You you definitely need to watch that now after having watched this. Yeah, I'll check that out. That sounds cool. I like Mel Brooks. Yeah. So anyway, Mina now, now that she's kind of in cool with Dracula and, and she's his friend, she agrees to take some absinthe with him. Which is like a, uh, it's an alcohol that kind of makes you trip. Is that correct? Uh, that's sort of like the lore behind it. That's not actually true. Uh, it's a high, it's a heavy volumeless alcohol. It's a, a heavy alcohol um, percentage. So you would have to drink like four or five cases of it to actually start hallucinating, by which time you would already have been dead because there's so much alcohol in it. But the old lore is that you drink it and you see the green fairy because it's a very different buzz because it's a different type of alcohol. So it's just a real heavy alcohol. It, 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 talks, it gets you drunk quick. So it's a little plot hole, though, that she starts to realize that she's a reincarnation of a 500-year-old Dracula wife. You don't think well, the absinthe would help her realize <laughs> that, right? I don't think that's from the hallucinogenics of the absinthe, but uh, that's, my, that's what they're trying to explain through it but that's i would i'm just saying absinthe in the real world is not actually like that but i think the movie is playing into the the old uh tale that absinthe is a hallucinogenic well when she takes it 
she does start to realize that she is a reincarnation of Dracula's old wife. And so she feels more drawn to him. But at the <laughs> same time, she does still have a fiance. And mercifully, we haven't had to talk about Jonathan for a while. The, the camera has been off of him for a good part of the screen here. Thank God. Yep. But we have to go back to him now. He's writing in his diary and he says Dracula's succubus. What, what's he called? Dracula's brides keep me busy night and day. Yeah, they drain my blood to keep me weak. Yeah, so there's no way. I mean, he got it, out of that chamber the it, first time. It, <laughs> He's going back on purpose. 100%. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he absolutely hates it, I'm sure. So would we, right? Oh, they drain me every night. I can't come yeah. home. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah, they show him just laying back like on a on a hard rock surface and the girls are just like drinking blood from his ankles and his wrists and his neck and stuff. And he just looks fine. He looks like he's having a grand old time. I'm actually thinking about booking a vacation to the same exact spot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was just making that shit up in the letter. That was That's the only reason he didn't try to escape sooner is he was Mina, really enjoying them. Can you imagine if they tried to drain blood through my penis? <laughs> <laughs> I swear I didn't cheat. It was the succubuses. <laughs> well, that's that's probably what, how he's going to have to sell it when he gets home. But yeah. while he's there, he's really enjoying it. But he does try to escape. He goes out this weird tunnel and he gets to the side of the castle. And you mentioned this earlier. You thought maybe it was just gravity isn't right around this castle. Yeah. I just thought it was really bad special effects. It looks like he's trying to jump out of a window into the river, kind of like Dracula's Bride did all those years ago. But instead, what you see on the screen is him walking on this ledge, and then he floats sideways, and then in yeah, the next scene, he's falls. falling down. Yeah. Why? So he, floats, he floats sideways across the wall and then falls. So this was done on purpose. Uh, like, uh, something I was reading about it said that the director wanted the castle to have, like, this dreamlike quality and that things are not exactly right and up was down sometimes down was up sort of like that and it doesn't really play that well to me other no, than it just it looked at i had to rewind it and go man that was the I, I said the same thing i go man that is the worst special effects i've ever saw and then i find out that they're doing it on purpose and i'm just like well bad. yeah i'm like of course they're doing it on purpose you there's no way you could see that in the cutting room and not <laughs> stop it yeah, I rewound it, too, and I tried to make sense of it, and I guess that somewhat makes sense, but if that's what they were going for, it did not land at all. Yeah, because there's, like, one other part where, like, where he's walking down the stairs, and you look underneath the stairs, and you can sort of see stars, like you're looking up above into the sky. So there's little strange things like that, and I imagine if we watched it and paid closer attention, we might spot more things like that. But on first and second watching, I only caught a few things, and it just doesn't really... It doesn't it doesn't seem it doesn't strike me as effective no but it was effective enough for the character because he does escape the castle by jumping out the window yeah so no i know nobody told him that that's how his old wife died i guess but hey uh it's the only way out man you, yeah you gotta do it he made it but later on back at london now van helsing is staying with lucy and her her suitors and their family and Mina walks past, and Van Helsing, as the ancient enemy of Dracula, is able to smell the musk of Dracula on Mina. So he knows that she's been hanging out with Dracula in the city. 
Well, that was what I didn't understand was Van Helsing, like we thought, I thought it was just a doctor, like, you know, metaphysical doctor or something, but apparently he's got an ancient grudge against Dracula too. Well, Van Helsing has his own lore and his own movie, which was horrible by the way, but he's a famous monster hunter, you know? So I think they were combining maybe two characters, like he's a doctor and a monster hunter or something. And a priest apparently, but or maybe the, that's this is the original from the book Dracula. This is the original time we meet Van Helsing, and this was his first enemy. Could be. Uh-huh. But Mina goes to see Lucy and takes her a gift of some garlic, which everyone knows vampires can't stand garlic. Man, that's the one downside to being a vampire, because I love some garlic. Oh, me too. As an Italian man, I could not be a vampire. Yeah, but she, and Lucy can't handle it either. She flips out over the garlic, and then she tries to seduce Quincy, but she bites him. She's already told Jack to kiss her whenever he was trying to help her as the doctor. Now he, she's telling Quincy to kiss her, and she's already betrothed to Arthur, so she's a little, Lucy's a little, a little loose. promiscuous. She's a little loose, loose yeah, Lucy. Loose Lucy, and, and she does try to seduce all three. And now the other men finally have figured out not only are they dealing with a a vampire, but that Lucy has become a vampire as well. So Mina, now having spent so much time with Dracula, receives a letter finding out that John is still alive and the dangers that he's suffered through, including the succubi. And so she's torn between the two of them because she's now developed an attraction a, a deep attraction to Dracula after drinking the absinthe. Well, she's starting. You're starting to get that uh, past life connection thing going on. So these two, she's starting to sort of realize her past life connection with him, and uh, he's he's laying on the the romance pretty hard. So he is, and he's heartbroken to find out that Jonathan is alive and has escaped, and that Mina is still considering him. So in a rage, Dracula. Summons some wind. He makes it very windy and he goes on the hunt. Mm-hmm. So he goes to finish off Lucy. The suitors are all there protecting her and guarding the door. And he takes the form of a wolf. He gets to her and he seemingly kills her by biting her. But she is not dead, as Van Helsing explains. She is undead. Yes. This coffin is the scariest looking coffin i've ever seen because it's a glass coffin with like gold frills all over it and you can see right through it she's completely white and just looks like a complete vampire and uh it's a it's a creepy looking coffin yeah they're all down in this like catacomb examining her seemingly dead body all the suitors are upset because they're not fully believing the vampire thing but they discover that she's actually not in the coffin she's up wandering around and then she comes back downstairs with a child that she's going to kill and eat and drink the blood of the child. So the three men and Van Helsing, they have to stop her from killing this kid. So they behead her and they drive a stake into her heart. Classic way to kill a vampire. And Van Helsing does his best. Uh, he's got the Christ cross and he's, ah, ah, this, the power of the Lord is here, the power of the Lord. You shall not stop us, you shall not stop us. And backs her back down into the coffin where she, like, she's hissing at him. And and then she just goes blank and goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, so, so they finish her off. They kill her. 
But that's, not not before she vomits fountains of blood all over him, which is actually pretty funny. Yeah, it seems to get into his mouth too. Wouldn't uh, that infect him as well? Uh, no, that was probably from blood that she dined on. It probably wasn't her blood. Oh yeah, and I think there has to be a sex element involved, or you can't become a vampire. I don't think it's just like a blood transmitted disease. Yeah, no, there's got to be like a willing transfusion thing going on. You have to invite them across the threshold, or uh, yeah, you have to invite them to drink from your bleeding nipple or whatever it is. Well, when they kill Lucy, far away, the Dracula feels it. You know, he he like feels the pain of her dying. So I guess by infecting her and then her dying, Dracula also feels it as well. He looks none too happy about it. He looks like he's flipping out in his box of dirt. Yep. So now the men all know who's responsible. Van Helsing has pretty much figured out everything. So they set a plan in motion to catch and kill Dracula. They know that he can only survive by living in those clumps of dirt. So that, that solves the mystery of why was he transporting dirt to London? It was mm-hmm. so he could sleep in this dirt and rejuvenate his body and, and keep his vampire strength. And that also leads them to know that he has to return to these clumps of dirt to regain his strength. So they go to his dirt clumps to stake them out and, and they're going to try to kill Dracula. Yeah. And they got these great torches and they're going on it. And, you know, all the guys are heading out, but they unknowingly leave Mina back by herself at the house while they go in to attack uh, Dracula's lair. So they go full-fledged after and leave their queen unprotected. Before they go to hunt Dracula, they go to talk to Renfield, thinking that he would have some information about Dracula. And Mm -hmm. he, he does tell them about the Drac. But then in the next scene, Dracula transforms into this awesome green mist. And he goes in through Renfield's window and kills him for the betrayal. Well, and that's when they're when they come to attack his boxes, they all start burning his boxes and he's hanging upside down as a big green alien bat looking thing. Yeah, I loved when he transformed into the mist. Green mist yeah. is a pretty cool thing in wrestling and 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 scary movies as well. In general, just cool looking cool color green. So here we've got the death of Lucy and now the death of Renfield as well. Mm-hmm. both dead so the men find the boxes of dirt which it, i don't know why but i just thought that was so weird that a big part of this plot revolved around boxes of dirt and clumps of dirt yeah <laughs> yeah like oh we got to get to the dirt and we got to protect the dirt we got to de- destroy the dirt it was just weird yeah well without his dirt he's he's powerless so after they destroy <laughs> after they destroy his dirt he's gotta he's gotta go all the way back home to get some more dirt you know yeah and, and they do destroy his boxes of dirt. But while they're doing that, Misty Dracula has now snuck into the place where they've hidden away Mina. And he gets the cuckold job completely done. He does yeah. the deed with Mina. And he admits to her that he is actually 500 or so years old. And he is the ancient Vlad the Impaler Dracula. But mm-hmm. Mina says she loves him anyway. And then she asks for him to bite her and turn her into a vampire. Yeah, and, and he's, he's at this horrible conflict because he loves her and he knows what a horrible life it is. He's leading undead like this. So, but he still wants her and wants to be with her forever and always. And, and that's their only shot at it. So he's torn between whether to let her live a normal life or keep her as his, as his wife. But she does ask for him to bite her. 
he abides and then the hunters all burst in you know the suitors and van helsing they all burst in and they shoot dracula but he declares that mina is now his wife and then i love this scene man he backs into the corner where it's dark Mm -hmm. and you can only see his eyes and van helsing's like shine the light over there shine the light quick but by the time they get the light over there he's transformed into a pile of rats and the rats all scatter i guess he he's only in one of the rats and the rest of them are like doppelganger rats or something but that's how he escapes yeah, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it's just a big pile of rats standing in the form that he once was, and that all they all start to fall down and scatter in every direction. So, pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. I thought that was also one of the better scenes in the movie. Also, the form he's in before that looks like the most menacing form I've ever seen. You know, like he looks like a huge bat slash monster he looks, alien thing. Let's pay homage to our state's great. Uh, alien here and say he looks like the Mothman. His arms are stunted and he's talking about you really think you could take me on I've commanded armies you know I've lived forever before you were born and things of that nature but uh, then he turns into a pile of rats and runs off. Yep I love the rat thing though that was that was sweet. Yeah and, and Van Helsing says we have him scared and that's a good thing uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't hurry if he wasn't scared or something of that nature. Yeah, well, he has to get back home, like you said, because his dirt's all destroyed now. So he's got to yeah. go get more dirt, more Transylvanian dirt. I mean, I don't know if you've ever traveled without your dirt, but it's important. <laughs> you see how weird that is? Like, you're like, oh, well, I, I don't have my dirt. <laughs> of all well, I, yeah, I'm sure it's it's his earth that gives him his power, you know, but I'm sure it's explained better in the book, I would hope. Uh, I would hope so. But uh, the the uh, fellowship of hunters here they try to find out dracula's travel arrangements and they do this by hypnotizing mina who has a strange you know like a mental connection to him now that she is you know unofficially his bride Mm -hmm. so they they hypnotize her they find out dracula's travel plans and they make plans to intercept him using mina as a decoy so mina goes with van helsing and the three suitors are supposed to pursue dracula's like envoy his his well at first they're all traveling together and then they realize that dracula is reading her mind too so he knows everything that they're doing because he can tell what what's happening there so then they decide to split up use her as a decoy and meet try to head him off you know or whatever so this is the scene i told you i thought anthony hopkins must have written at least one page of the script so uh, he's there with with mina and they're camping out one night outside Dracula's castle. Fing- or, or, finger quotes, protecting her. Yeah, he's protecting Mina. And while they're sitting around this campfire, you hear the chants of the succubi, the mm. ones that had all you know, trapped Jonathan. You hear them all chanting and saying something to Mina. And Mina gets entranced or possessed. And she starts groping her breasts and begging for van helsing to just give it to her right yeah mean of the minx and yeah. despite years and years and centuries of vampire training van helsing is not passing up this opportunity <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> she, yeah he knows exactly what's happening and he loves it <laughs> she says something like kiss me doctor please and he doesn't even question it in the slightest he just grabs her and starts making out 
No, men are powerless to these vampire women. I tell you what, and not just vampire women, Lucy, uh, like anybody, you know. So Anthony Hopkins has probably never had a problem, you know, getting tail in his life. But even here, he's like Winona Ryder, huh? She's up and coming. Let me get a little makeout scene in here, please. Thank you, well, Francis. It was such a puritanical age, you know. Anytime a woman just offered herself like that to her, you, you had to take it because it may not come back around your entire life, you know. So if somebody offered themselves to you at that point in time, you know, this was back when if you saw a woman's ankle, it got your heart throbbing, you know. Yeah. Well, she did the trick for him and he took advantage. And so instead of eating whatever they were going to eat, the succubi instead eat the horse of Van Helsing that night. Yeah. Which what led me to question if they can actually feed off a horse, why don't they just do that all the time instead of humans <laughs> i guess ho horse soul probably tastes better or something i don't or tastes worse than human i guess i don't know i was actually feeling sorry for the succubi because they want to eat jonathan they have to settle for a baby they want to eat van helsing they have to settle for horse meat it's like yeah, just they... let them have their meal one time yeah and unfortunately they're not going to get another meal no because the next morning van helsing walks right into the castle and beheads all three of them in their sleep and then he just flings the heads off of the bridge and like gives a big war cry of like, I'm coming for you, Dracula. And it's like, it reminds me of uh, Mickey and Mallory, the detective uh, Scagnetti, when he's like, I'm coming for you, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> After he kills the hookers, I was like, okay, you got some, you got off on this weird uh, cutting these uh, succubi's heads off. Oh, yeah. So while he is, camping with Mina and having sex with her. Her fiance <laughs> and the three suitors of Lucy are in the trenches. <laughs> They're fighting their way through this army of gypsies, I guess like local gypsies that have sworn uh, to protect Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they are? No, nah, well, uh, they're not gypsies. They're like his henchmen, soldiers, workers, whatever. I think they refer to them specifically as gypsies, though. They, they don't look like gypsies in the gypsy sense, but maybe well, they are. I don't know. Well, it's kind of the uh, major action sequence of the movie because they're on horseback, they're firing guns, the gypsies yeah, are firing a, guns back. And it's a race. It's a race to get back to the castle because night is coming, so they got to get to him before night comes. Yep, and it's Quincy and Jonathan and Arthur and even Jack the Doctor are there. They're fighting. They're trying to get to the Count. They do get to him. And they wound him seriously, but he does escape into the castle with Mina. And he's protected once he's in the castle. And outside, Quincy, the suitor, dies from his battle wounds. Yeah, uh, poor Quincy. To come all the way from Texas and then die there by a knife in the back by some gypsy fuck. Yeah, sad. And I want to say this ending here felt really rushed or incomplete to me. Something <clears throat> and th weird. They were missing something and weird, yeah. Well, so, okay, so let's go over it again. He gets, they get in the gate, they start unlocking the box or breaking open the box, and all of a sudden, the sun goes behind the shadows, behind the uh, clouds, and it's night, and Dracula pops out and, and chokes, has one of them by a chokehold, and he, they slice his throat, and he starts to fall back, but he's like, you know, that's not going to kill him or, or anything. But then somebody grabs Quincy's big buck knife and shoves it through his heart. And that is going to be a lethal blow to him. Yeah, that right? wounds him seriously there. 
Yeah, that seriously wounds them, and it's probably lethal. But then it's and Mina's already turned vampire; she's gone completely into vampire mode, and so they're just like, instead of killing her and him, they're like, "No." Keanu's like, "No, we've done enough. It's her job to finish now." It's like you just traveled from London all the way to Transylvania, chasing him down just to get that blow, and then give up on the doorstep. Cut both their fucking heads off. Yeah. Rather than cut their heads off, they all worry about Quincy, who is clearly about to die, and then he does die. And that's the last we see any of those characters. You don't see Van Helsing again, Jonathan again, any of them. Instead, the final scene of the movie is inside the castle, and here Dracula is lying in Mina's arms. She mercy kills him, and then she beheads him, and the screen pans up to like a mural on top of the castle and it's Dracula holding his old wife. So I guess. Well, okay. So, so they, they're laying there and she's professing her love to him and he's saying how it's finished now and it is, it's done or whatever. And her love uh, saves them both. So essentially the love, her giving the love to him releases him from his bonds and he turns back into like the young prince before he dies instead of this old nasty looking decrepit creature that he is. And it takes away her because he perishes. It, it takes away her vampire-ness because she had like the burned wafer thing on her forehead and that goes away. And... uh so and it's so a happy ending for a dragon. It's a, it's a happy ending, yeah. It's a happy ending to a love story. So he gets to pass on and go out of his unborn, undead misery, and she stops being a vampire so she can return to Jonathan, who, by the way, is just stark gray now. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> like, why does his hair go completely gray in the matter of this one year? I don't know. I, I guess it was the, the succubi. They, they were draining they, his, his hair they, color and blood. <laughs> They drained his follicles too. Jeez, that is that is a good time. <laughs> well, what a poor guy though. He gets cucked by the guy he hired, Van Helsing. He gets cucked by Dracula. He doesn't get to finish with the succubi. I mean, <laughs> he aged like forty years over the course of a two-hour movie, and then at the end, he had to let her go with him, give herself to him, and then like maybe she'll come back again. I don't. Poor Jonathan, yeah. I guess is what I'm getting at here. Yeah, and then you and then you're gonna take her back, knowing that she just confessed her love to a vampire that you know that after you were supposed to be married to her. I think it's gonna be some some rough times coming up for Jonathan and Mina in that relationship. Oh yeah, and then getting it even worse is Quincy, who doesn't even marry the girl that he's there to suit, but <laughs> and then she dies, and then he still has to go and avenge her death, even though she didn't choose him. And then he gets mm -hmm. killed in the process. Yeah, that's a horrible vacation from Texas all the way to Europe. And he's, uh, you know. He's going back in a body bag or, or a box of dirt. <laughs> yeah, take some of your dirt with you. Head back to Texas, buddy. Yeah, so uh, yeah. that's the movie. That, you know, it seemed the ending left me wanting something more story-wise. But. At the end of the day, I think I settled on this movie really wasn't about the story or even the acting performances. It was just like a feeling you got from watching the movie, and it did achieve that. If you wanted to get this gothic, spooky, sexy feeling, the movie gives you that the whole way throughout.
Yeah, and like we were saying earlier, like I don't think I don't think it's a bad movie. It's a good movie, but there's plenty of stuff to that we like could laugh about or make fun of in it. But it's pretty entertaining. You know, the seventy five percent rotten tomato grade is probably right. And when I give my grade on this, I'm gonna have to give it a a precursor to say that if you like horror genre, if you like scary, it's going to be higher ranked than just grading it as a film by itself. Yeah. And I, I probably am around, I feel like I'm probably around the same area in the grade for you as you are, but uh, it's definitely rewatchable. It's got some good acting performances mixed in with some very not good acting performances. So, like, Gary Oldman's, I think, is worth watching alone in this. He does an excellent job throughout the entire film. And his his accent, even though it's still, like, a standard Dracula accent, is much more believable and true than basically every other character. Anthony Hopkins' accent's really good as well, I think. And it's a, it's a neat story. It's just a fun story. There's lots of lore connected to it. There's lots of things that you know about Draculas and about vampires and things like that that you kind of bring with you so you you know it and you're seeing the original sort of i mean the original story in the sense of vampires but it's it's just it's a it's an interesting story it, the way they did the movie i'm not a fan of all the directing the i like some of the ways it's shot but at the same time the blue halo that happens again later when mina screams at the sky towards the end remember we forgot to mention that yeah the, and we never know what that means. We have no clue what that is. And the levitation of th- him into that and the gravity being off and, and things like that happening. So, But then certain things like the background drop and the coloring and the lighting and all that stuff are, are, are really well done. So I'm just completely torn with things to like and things to not like in this movie. Yeah, some of the things that were great also were not great in different regards. Like you were saying, the stylized way that they shot it, it was almost like a natural born killers at times with different lightings and the way they went from scene to scene with these like transposed images of the drac, like laughing or, you know, blood flowing on the screen, stuff like that was all pretty cool sometimes, but then other times not so cool. So, you know, it's a mixed bag there. Or eyes that his eyes appear in the sky or the wolf. Yeah. Like the, yeah interesting but not always necessary yeah but before we get to the grades did you write down any favorite lines from dracula i actually only wrote down a couple me too uh, not a yeah. lot of great dialogue in this one no not there there was a few but nothing really stood out or i just forgot to like really pay attention to it but I guess I was paying attention to the other stuff that was going on and didn't really think about the dialogue, which usually means it's probably not the greatest dialogue. So my first one comes from Lucy. She says, here I am, almost 20, practically a hag. (laughs) And uh, for some reason, that just cracked me up. (laughs) Yeah, you got to be married by the time you're 15 back then. Exactly. Here I am, 36 years old, about to be 37, practically a hag. And... uh, and then the, another one was, uh, they say, they, they ask Van Helsing if she suffered much. And he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, she was in great pain. And then we cut <laughs> off her head and drove a stake through a heart and burned her. <laughs> yep. No point in sugarcoating it. Yeah. And then uh, Keanu Reeves goes, doctor. 
And it's like, well, that that's like his character in a nutshell is just he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you exactly how it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, just as a side note to that, that, the one scene when he's like celebrating when he finally figures out what's wrong with Lucy, they're all yeah. saying, they're yeah. all like, they're all like, oh, Lu- she's she's moaning in there. She's in great distress. He's like, oh, yeah, she's moaning because she wants Dracula's dick. Like, yeah. I forget she's what he the, says, but she's, she's the devil's whore. whore. Yeah, yeah, she's the devil's whore. She's the devil's concubine, a willing whore or something like that. Yeah. He's laughing he's, in his face. He's laughing and humping his leg. He's like, yeah, she's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to mention that, but I did really like that. But he's like, he's excited because he just realized that it's Dracula he's dealing with, and that's apparently somebody he's been trying to kill his whole life. So, yeah, but he rubs it in. Poor, uh, yeah, Arthur's it's like he's not sensitive to them at all. Oh, that's your wife? Well, she's Dracula's whore now. Yeah, he's, he's like, like two, he humps his leg, two middle fingers in his face, like, fuck your wife, I'm gonna get my vampire. <laughs> well, did you have uh, any other favorite lines? Uh, no, that was the only two that I've managed to, to scribble down there. All right. Well, I only have a couple as well, and they're not the same as yours. But uh, the the one I like the best came pretty early on. It's when Jonathan is at Dracula's castle, and he's offered this really nice-looking dinner, like rotisserie chicken. And he says, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't you going to eat, Count? And Dracula says, I have already dined, and I never drink wine. He, yeah. he he waits a couple seconds to say wine because he drinks blood all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for him to turn to the camera and wink at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never drink wine. Wine. And then the, another one I wrote down is from Renfield when he he explains to the doctor, "I need lives, lives for the master." Oh yeah, and then of course, she The blood is the life. Yes. And then the final one I have here came from Dracula as well. When he says to Mina, when they're examining the wolf, he says, there is much to be learned from beasts. And that goes specifically to you, Mr. Uh, Animal Cruelty yourself. Look, I've never punched a dog. Listen, why don't you you answer the question? Have you punched a dog? Yeah, I put yeah, it on so the air, you, man. Okay, so yeah, so that would make you uh, the only person who's ever performed an act of cruelty towards the animal. I have fought dogs on, on behalf of a dog. Oh, I bet you think that makes you a big man. That's right. Hey, going, much, around, going around picking on defenseless animals. They don't even have thumbs, all right? There, there is much to be learned from beasts, all right? Maybe you should take a note there. I love animals. I love cats and dogs. See, that's the one thing people ask me, am I a cat or dog person? I love both. I bet you don't like cats, do you? I own cats and dogs. Yeah, but you like dogs more. Mm, I don't know. I like them better. Yeah, yeah you're only saying that because you're on air, but you know the truth. I'll tell you what I don't like. Snakes. What? Oh, yeah. Snakes Bane. That's right. Snake Bane. We should, we should tell the story of you murdering a snake. I killed a copperhead at my house last week, and that's the Mur- story, man murdered uh it would look like a corn snake not a copperhead it was a copperhead i confirmed it through an expert (laughs) okay he was a uh, plumbing guy he he oh yeah yeah. he gets a lot of snakes in the plumbing world he does he sees a lot of snakes and so he's like yeah it's copperhead so yeah i killed a snake no big deal i'll I'll accept an award at the next award show but yeah and what was the snake doing he was in the road 
He was on my sidewalk at my house, threatening my family. Oh God! He maybe yeah, did you ever think he was just trying to like get through to the woods? Maybe your sidewalk is in the middle of his forest. Uh, he you're was fucking. You're fucking. I'm getting Peta in on this shit because you are. You've now admitted to beating a dog and murdering a snake. <laughs> And you want to talk about, and then you want to talk about, make it seem like I need to learn something from Beast and Animal. I don't even, I don't even swat flies. I fist fought two dogs. Did not. Oh, my mistake. Two dogs. Yeah, that's better. At once, I fist fought them, and they were bigger than me. And I murdered a snake that was venomous and trying to kill my family. All right, so I I saw the picture. It looked like a corn snake. It's a copperhead. I'm, I'm trusting. Corn snakes. Corn snakes look just like copperheads. They have the same markings, only their heads are not wide and triangular like a like a copperhead. All right. Well, I'll I'll demonstrate my snake bravery to you at a different time because you first, killed a snake that was probably there to help you rid your house of mice and vermin. Uh, and, I've got cats for that. Ugh. Ugh. I'm so disappointed in you. I can't believe you're such cruelty to animals. Unbelievable. Whatever. Well then. <laughs> Go ahead and con- continue to disappoint me by telling me your grade for Dracula. All right. My grade for Dracula is a 13 of 20 because it's above rewatchable. I- I've, re- I've rewatched it a- quite a few times and not just for this show. Like I've seen it a few times before that. And it's a historical, uh, I don't want to say masterpiece, but, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, uh, it's something that's uh, that's long lasting. It's there. It's a story, a timeless piece of the story. And the movie is one of the best versions of this movie ever done. So I, I, I like the movie, but at the same time, there's just too much bad acting now that I'm like really evaluating it. <clears throat> too much bad acting, too much weird direct, directorial choices and too much just general fluffery. I don't know. To, to, to keep to boost it up to where it probably could be if they did it properly like they had every, they had the whole right theme and idea and everything down and just a few spots lacked the talent I feel like so it could have been like up to a 17 or 18 but uh, I think it, it does pretty decent at a 13 yeah that's not a bad score and I'm pretty close to what you said as well I went with a 14 out of 20 originally and that's what I'm going to stick with there, I think, because it's not quite a great movie. It's just good, and it's entertaining. And the acting is bad, but Gary Oldman is so good that it kind of balanced out. And I felt like they didn't focus on Keanu Reeves enough to distract me. Like, he was bad, no. but there was it's a not big actually, break in the middle. It's not actually a big character. No, it's like, not. It's I, in- I thought he would be the lead, and he really isn't. No. In fact, I almost felt like by the end that Dracula himself is almost the protagonist. He's like an anti-hero kind of. Oh, for sure. So I, you know, I thought the acting was good enough because of that to to give it that grade. But I will say if you're a fan of horror movies or more than that, if you're just the kind of guy that likes that gothic feeling, like if you ever liked the Twilight movies or Buffy the Vampire Slayer or, you know, anything like that, then this is a great movie if you like that, if you're into that. If you like True Blood or anything scary or mm-hmm. spooky, it's going to give you that vibe and that feel that, that you're seeking when you watch that. And so 
if you're one of those people, I would say this movie's like a 16 or 17 out of 20. But just yeah, as think... a standalone film, it's it's not a great movie, and it's below 15. It's I... 14 out of 20. I could agree with that for sure. If we're grading it in the horror genre, I think it's probably it could go even higher because it's one of the better uh, horror slash, you know, big budget films. It's the sexy horror. You know, it's it's a subgenre. It's the sexy horror. Yeah. Guy. Sexy gothic horror. Like if you're into uh, sexy goth girls, you're going to have to stop this movie, pause it like four or five times throughout the entire thing to rub a few out because it's good stuff. Oh yeah, it really is. When it comes to the sex stuff, it's uh, it's gonna touch on all your perversions. There's always a boob hanging out around the next corner. That's the lesson I learned from this movie. Yep. So it was a good one, and it was a fun one. So what do we got on tap next? It's it's your turn to pick. Oh, next up we've got a uh, a, mo- a movie called The Sweet and Lowdown, and it's uh one of my old school uh, go to go to sleep movies. Which doesn't exactly mean it's like one of my favorite movies of all time, but I think it's probably, I guess, makes the list. But uh, it's uh, it's written and directed by Woody Allen. It stars Sean Penn. Uh, yeah, and it's like a jazz guitarist in the 1920s or 30s. I can't remember, but he's he's the second greatest guitar player to ever live, named Emmett Ray, and he's he's only second to the greatest guitar player, Django Reinhardt who's actually a real, real guitar player, but it's like a mockumentary of sorts. So it's actually a really interesting thing. And uh, it's a neat love story slash comedy slash, uh, I don't know what, what else to call it, but it's, it's an interesting piece. All right. Well, this is another one that I've never seen. So like I said before, you've built up some goodwill with your recommendations and I'll go into this, not only with an open mind, but I think it's going to be good too, because, I Googled it. I looked it up. I'd never even heard of it before, but I like the cast. I like Sean Penn. There were some other people in there I really liked, too. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be a good one. Yeah, that's interesting. And if it's not good, I'm going to blame you completely. That's 100% fine because I picked it. And you just go ahead and give it an awesome score and just know that no movie will probably ever get a lower score than your fucking Tom Cruise Colossal. Uh, why would you even bring up Legends? I mean, oh yeah, Legend. That's what I forgot the name. It was so bad. Tom Cruise Colossal. That's not anything close to the name of a movie. Yeah, well, it was I was just thinking of what it was the Tom Cruise Colossal shit show. <laughs> if you don't finish the <laughs> sentence, it just the, the Tom Cruise Colossal. That's what we're gonna refer uh, refer to it as from now on. Yeah, the Tom Cruise Colossal shit show. Legend. Man. It's See, a legend. Legend is a legend in its own mind. It was like a, a poor man's version of uh, what's the one? The crystal ball with David Bowie. Labyrinth. And it was labyrinth. nothing it was like, like Labyrinth. It was like a poor man's Labyrinth, which already I don't even think is a very good movie. So there's that. I just watched Labyrinth this week. It's not a good movie. And how it's dare horrible. you? How dare you compare <laughs> legend to that? It's and it's not even as good as Labyrinth. That's the problem. Oh, God, what an asshole. Like, nine out of ten people that you ask on the street are going to know Labyrinth and not know Legend. Listen, thank you for waiting to the end to piss me off by insulting Legend. That was nice. Well, you're welcome, because you like to bring it up at the beginning with the fucking rocks and the hobbits and that bullshit. So have a little bit of your own medicine, just sip on it and enjoy. But anyway, where should people email us? 
Email us at rancidtacopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Hail to your mother. Hail to your mother. All right. And I think that does it for Dracula. Oof, Maron. <laughs> the, o- <laughs> the order of the Dracul. I never drink wine. I was hoping for more Dracula impressions from you this time. Yeah, I didn't whip them out. I, I could probably do a good Dracula impression. <laughs> I like it. I'm you should that. be careful whilst shaving. It is much more dangerous than you think. Here, let me do it for you. <laughs> he licks the blood off the razor. That's great. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that, but it was pretty disgusting. Dracula just can't get enough of that blood, man. He's no, licking he's his own a... blood up. He's licking up hey, Jonathan's blood. The blood is the life. Yeah, the blood is the life. Yep. And next week we will have Sweet and Lowdown. Yep. That's, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. today. I was making sure I didn't mess up the title. Yeah, the Sweet and Lowdown. Yeah. All right, the Sweet and Lowdown coming up next week. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye, y'all. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I I said week twice in the outro, and that just does not fly. The end got a little sloppy there, but it was all right. Yeah. Rotten tomatoes when you've got the rancid tacos. This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Pepperoni Rolls. <laughs>